The Implosion of America and the West, Amid the Sovereignty of God, by Pastor Dan Gaiman. Our Almighty and Eternal God created the universe and every molecule therein. This same Jehovah Almighty sustains His universe with a myriad of physical laws and also created a habitable planet, a speck of dust amidst His vast and seemingly limitless universe. In this habitable earth, God created Adam man, made in His image and after His likeness. He bequeathed to Adam and each of his posterity a spirit through which man has consciousness and communion with God. Then Jehovah Almighty gave each man a soul and placed man's spirit and soul into a physical body. By means of their senses, men have consciousness of the world around us. God created man to exercise dominion of the earth to the glory of our mighty creator. God didn't leave Adam man without a plan to govern his earth. Rather, God gave man spiritual and moral laws which would ensure man's destiny, our commitment to applying the laws contained in God's commandments, statutes, and judgments would ensure either our blessings of personal freedom, collective liberty, and unlimited prosperity, or else our doom. Adam man and the first woman Eve, who was taken from Adam's rib, were both created in the image and likeness of God. Both have body, soul, and spirit. Together, they share a DNA inheritance that would bring forth a race of civilization builders. And this, amid the prescribed infrastructure blueprint for gender, marriage, the multiplication of children, and the spiritual drive to praise and worship their Creator, and receive instruction from the revelation of God to man, the Manufacturer's Handbook. With such a glorious beginning, it is difficult to imagine, much less understand, why Adam and Eve would fail to maintain the perfect world that God created, a world that, with but one exception, they could flourish in forever. Adam and Eve failed in the very first test placed before them. They became consumed with curiosity about the one forbidden tree in the Garden of Eden. They knew that eating the fruit from this tree would cause them to fall, to lose their sinless perfection, but they sinned anyway. Then they were driven from paradise and faced life in a fallen world. In such a fallen world, they could choose between a life of blessing or wither under the curses. They could choose to honor and obey the living God and walk within the boundaries of His moral laws, or choose the disorder, chaos, violence, and misery of a world outside the boundaries of God's original and moral design. Into this world of despair and confusion, God stepped in and chose one tributary from the Adamic river of people to be His chosen, His inheritors. This marvelous story began with one family, Abraham and Sarah, and their posterity through their son Isaac, their child of promise. With His chosen people, Jehovah made an unconditional covenant of promise, along with a perfect model for government. If they used God's plans, blessings, and prosperity would flow. Otherwise, curses would follow. We know the story. In due time, God's covenant people betrayed Him, divorced themselves from His commandments, statutes, and judgments, and consequently were destroyed by superior powers. Thus, their nation status ended, and they were driven into exile, scattered throughout Central Asia. However, because God is sovereign and knows the end from the beginning, He did not terminate His love for His covenant people. Some 700 years following their exile and dispersion, our great Creator stepped out of eternity into time to become a man and save His covenant children of the seed of Abraham. Jesus Christ became incarnate God, meaning God in the flesh. 
Not only did he create, quicken, and choose us, but he also became the savior of everyone whom he chose in election, from before the foundation of the world. In every generation, God continues to call and quicken from the dead those whom he foreordained before the foundation of the world to save unto eternal life. America's journey began with a remnant of descendants from this covenant family. They were the pilgrims and the Puritans who followed them. Then came thousands upon thousands of Israelites from this same family tree, covenant people. Ultimately, hundreds of thousands of those Adamite European forebears who plied 3,000 miles of ocean, sailing west, arrived and settled the vast land of America. In fact, it's the third largest nation in the world, with about 3,119,884 square miles of land. This vast, spacious land was blessed with the great navigable rivers and waterways on the earth. God truly smiled upon America and bequeathed to this country the greatest amount of arable land given to any nation under heaven. It is a land rich in minerals, including fossil fuels of every kind. It is isolated from the rest of the world by two vast oceans on the east and west sides, making it difficult for foreign nations to attack. Amid the myriad of blessings from heaven's storehouse, the European peoples, themselves the de descendants of the covenant people, Israelites, toiled amid adversity and sacrifice to build the greatest nation in the annals of history. Though it is not without its failures and weaknesses, America became the most exceptional nation in the history of the world. By the end of World War II, in 1945, the United States Navy ruled the Seven Seas and every major seaport in the world. The Cold War that followed World War II kept the U.S. and the Soviet Communist world on edge for the next 40 years. But the Soviet Union was never able to truly compete with the American Navy for control of the seas. From Jamestown, 1607, until after World War II, the United States was an agrarian nation, with a majority of the U.S. population living in the rural areas and smaller towns. Rural Americans were self-sufficient, with most of them living on 40 to 80 acre parcels of land. Electricity came to these areas after World War II, and by the mid-50s, America was completely electrified. What joy and ease this brought! With skills set passed on by former generations, they cultivated large gardens, canned lots of produce, preserved root crops in underground cellars, and made a good life for themselves. Of course, times were still hard when compared to our modern conveniences, but overall, they may have been better off than many are today. They butchered their own animals and preserved meat by canning and drying, at least until freezers came into the picture. Rural families often had a milk cow and chickens or pigs, they made their own butter and ate largely from their own food supply. They purchased shoes once a year, usually and often sewed their own dresses. Small clothing and textile factories dotted the country. Rural Americans were largely self-sustaining, but that was about to change. The generation that survived the Great Depression from 1929 to 1939 and the horrific Dust Bowl in the 1930s waged war in Europe and the Pacific was a tough one. Following World War II in 1945, Americans rolled up their sleeves and went to work like no other nation ever. Having been deprived of the best years of their lives, 
Millions were determined to work hard and erase the years of deprivation they had endured. They were determined to give their children, the baby boomers, those material blessings that they themselves lacked. This great generation, born at various stages after 1900s, was a hardened generation that had experienced sacrifice, deprivation, and suffering. They turned their hands and their hearts toward the future and never looked back. America emerged from the Great War with a major startup in industrialization and mechanization. The demands of war inspired Americans to increase the speed of mass production, of armaments, and goods of every kind. The U.S. had the means and manpower to become an independent, self-sustaining nation. But that was not in their lifeblood and destiny. With the U.S. Navy safeguarding the seaports of the world, it became apparent that Americans and the rest of the industrialized nations should begin global trade. Thus, America began to export its manufactured goods abroad. However, as the decades passed, American businesses realized that a cheap labor market in Asia and elsewhere could make consumer goods at a much lower cost than we could. By the 80s then, America began importing most of the consumer goods used in America. Sadly, Richard Nixon knocked on China's door in 1971 and began trade relations. By 2001, China had joined the World Trade Organization. With millions of virtual slave laborers, China began supplying enormous amounts of cheap consumer goods. The entire world, with occasional exceptions, became open for business, and the U.S. naval power provided security for all participating nations that elected to abide by the U.S. rules of trade and commerce. Now, there was a downside to this rise to national greatness. In fact, major events conspired to change the fortunes of America and ultimately resulted in the crisis we faced in the third decade of the 21st century. As the industrialization process continued after World War II, the population of the U.S. shifted to the cities. This was transformative. Farming communities and villages witnessed the gradual loss of their people and the collapse of their infrastructure. Small, self-sustaining farmsteads across America gradually became consolidated into larger and even conglomerate farms with the loss of self-sustaining, small farmsteads the skill sets necessary to sustain this lifestyle were lost. The present generation of Americans is completely separated from those skill sets that characterize the American way of life. Many Americans today never give a thought to where their food comes from. People assume that supermarkets loaded with endless choices are fundamental to life in the U.S. But let me tell you this. These are ominous developments that may bring an end to this world we took for granted. Globalization of trade and commerce has enabled America to become a nation of consumers rather than producers. That is not good news. We were once known for our tremendous productivity. Not anymore. We used to enjoy cheap energy from coal, natural gas, and nuclear stations. Not anymore. American innovation Ambition and technological drive under God's providence and blessing once enabled this country to enjoy blessings that many people on earth never experience. Not anymore. Consider how, million, how many millions of Americans own their own home, 
drive two cars, and pride themselves on their financial portfolios. Will this last? They take their families on annual vacations and travel greater distances to do this than most of the people on the planet. Could this artificial world come crashing down? During this same period of national and global transformation, something has gone terribly wrong. Since at least 1960, and growing worse with each decade thereafter, the United States has seemed more determined to reject God and forget our historic Christian past. We have thrown out the Bible and have broken covenant with our Creator. We have replaced God's laws with our own human decrees. The culture of the U.S. reeks of the decadence and moral rot. The American left might well be described as an insane asylum. Even our president is seriously afflicted with dementia. Denying God and the reality of his word, this generation has deluded themselves into believing that they can create their own reality. Our culture is moving toward complete reprobation and self-inflicted suicide. The demographics of America have undergone radical transformation since the end of the World War II as well. The millennial generation has not been as good about marrying and bearing children. They have the lowest birth rate of any generation ever born in this country. This generational cop-out will have enormous consequences. In 20 to 25 years, as the millennials age, their replacements, Generation Z, will comprise a much smaller slice of America's population. The plunging birth rate of Caucasian Americans has transformed our demographics. This, too, will have enormous consequence on our ability to be innovative pace-setters. This demographic transformation has witnessed a corresponding and simultaneously tidal wave of non-white peoples from Mexico, Central and South America, Africa, India, Asia, and Central Asia as they pour into the United States, transforming our demographics. From 1607 until 1955, the United States was a homogenous nation, 90% white. Without divine intervention, that will shortly disappear. Americans desperately need to prepare for a different world than they have ever known. Those who have their heads out of the sand and their eyes opened, and particularly those who still believe in Jesus Christ and the veracity of the Bible, will be far more capable of riding out the waves of this transformation. Wake up, America! Christians who have been building their lives on the biblical cornerstones of God and Scripture deserve kudos. They will secure their path forward in an optimum geographical and vocational path in the rural areas of the nation. If they can possibly rekindle the skill sets of their grandparents and learn how to produce and preserve some of their own food and be self-sustaining, they will be light years ahead of the rest of the drugged-up population. What does the future look like? After assessing the past several decades from the base year of 1960, and especially since March of 2020, we can state that the American public may have enjoyed the best years we shall ever see. Globalization has enabled Americans to buy almost anything they want, cheaper, faster, and with acceptable credit. In fact, they can have it in their hands within days, and sometimes even hours. In my lifetime, I have witnessed lack of electricity, plumbing, and automobiles. 
I saw my father and grandfathers use steel-wheeled tractors and even many horses to plow their fields. The world has transitioned from a crude wall telephone on a party line and battery-powered radios to advanced forms of smartphones, television, the internet, and instantaneous communication throughout the world. In my lifetime, rural Americans have morphed from washing clothes on a scrub board with multiple changes of water to automatic push-button washers and dryers. And from no electricity, no fans, no air conditioning, to the comforts of hot water from the tap and refrigeration for food. It almost causes one to be dizzy thinking about the world that then was compared to the world that now is. The years between 1980 and 2000 were golden for many Americans. The moral degradation and decay, together with political intrigue, were real and increasing. Yes, in 2001, George Bush introduced the U.S. to the 20-year wars in, middle, in the Middle East. Beginning in 2008, Obama took America into Marxist ideology and more deficits. By this time, the U.S. population was ready for a major shift in direction. Donald Trump appeared on the political scene. Beginning in January of 2017, against brutal resistance, Trump endeavored to roll back the policies that Bush No. 1, Bush No. 2, and Clinton had enacted. President Trump served fearlessly, flawed though he was. Millions of us shall remember the years between 2017 and 2019 under Trump as the three best years of our political lives. He fought to the bitter end and witnessed the brazen theft of his re-election in 2020. Now, in July of 2022, the left is still consumed with President Trump, trying to find a crim criminal charge to use against a third attempt at his impeachment. These efforts have one aim, to prevent this man from running for office again in 2024. The end of the Trump presidency in 2020 is one of the most important benchmarks in America's history. The well-orchestrated pandemic announced by the World Health Organization on March 12th of 2020 unloosed the most sinister agenda imaginable. Billionaire elitists in communist China, in concert with their counterparts in the U.S., Europe, and elsewhere, launched their plans for remaking and remapping the world. Now, we know that their biological weapon of choice was man-made coronavirus from a lab in Wuhan, China, released with the full knowledge of the communist government and billionaire oligarchs in the U.S. and elsewhere. The virus was a ruse, a proxy to build fear, panic, and hysteria, and prepare the masses for the experimental spike protein gene therapy in the COVID-19 vaccine and multiple boosters that followed. This vaccine has already injured or brought death to millions of people across the world. As we all know, the virus was used to push the vaccine, especially after the fear, panic, and hysteria that came. In fact, those desiring one world government came closer than ever to achieving it. Health gods around the world became our new leaders, using the virus and the vaccine to wield power and intimidate us all. Billionaire elitists were obviously conditioning us for world government, testing our levels of resistance and resolve. Eventually, it became apparent that people all over the world, including the United States, were beginning to suffer virus and vaccine fatigue, especially as outbreaks and death continued unabated 
even after the vaccines and boosters. Now, we're entering what is called the Great COVID-19 Reset. This plan was set in motion the day that the puppet Democratic president, Joe Obama, was inaugurated on January 20th, 2021. Other Western nations are following this same paradigm. The new plan is calling for, but not limited to, a full-scale spending program on climate change. This plan calls for the end of all fossil fuels. Under the 2030 plan endorsed by elitist oligarchs in the WEC, the World Economic Forum, the UN, the WHO, the CDC, and their counterparts across the globe. To hasten the demise of our use of fossil fuels, elitists are markedly limiting the drilling and mining of fossil fuel sources, which is causing skyrocketing increases in diesel, gasoline, and other fuel prices. Their end game is forcing us to buy electric cars. Their whole agenda is a joke. After the successful luring of Russia into a war with Ukraine, they can use it as a cover for raising fuel prices. Blame Putin. However, people know that fuel prices had already begun rising 100% in the U.S. before the Russia-Ukraine war began on February 24th, 2022. Still, the powers that be are trying to convince us that America's proxy war with Russia is the grounds for cutting off fossil fuels, rather than blaming proponents of climate change and the Green New Deal. But we know the truth. Because elitists are so worried about our carbon footprint, what we now are bracing for is a global food crisis that will impact billions of people across the world, including the United States. Fertilizer shortages, capping the use of nitrogen and diesel prices and shortages are causing hyperinflation to hit food supplies. Famine in many parts of the world is the dream of these oligarchs who believe that the world is overpopulated and needs whittling down. The costs of food production, agricultural, trucking, energy, fuel, everything that affects our lives will continue to rise. The specter of famine hangs over much of the world. Without commercial fertilizers and with a shortage of fuels, food production will be impacted in ways most people could never imagine. God help us to become more self-sufficient so we can feed our own families. Goals for the Remnant Number one, trust in the sovereignty of God. In God we trust. Jehovah made a unilateral, unconditional covenant of promise with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He would forever be there for his people. We must love, obey, and worship Jesus Christ with all our hearts and minds. Number two, get into the ark, your local church. If you do not have a local church, by all means, do what it takes to worship regularly in your own homes. Start with your family and extended family, then invite your good neighbor. Ask God for wisdom and discernment as you invite others to join you. Gather weekly and regularly. Number three, safeguard your children. Homeschool your children or put them in a very selective, private, Christian school that embraces your worldview and does not rewrite history or require vaccines, etc. 
protect the precious minds of your children from the horrendous agendas of communism, sex education, critical race theory, and advancing gender dysphoria among young children. Number four, provide set times for prayer and Bible reading in your home. Be anchored in the Holy Scriptures and in prayerful communion with your greatest source of hope and spiritual strength. Number five, be selective in your geography. Flee urban areas. Go to carefully selected, low-density, white rural areas. Number six, choose your vocation wisely. Be cautious in selecting your vocation. Learn a much-needed trade or skill. Examine your skill sets. What can you do best? Go into private business. If you have a skill set in computers, work from home. Number seven, seriously plan your food production and preservation. Tens of millions of Americans have lost the skill sets needed for producing and preserving food. How about a small, family-owned meat slaughtering business or truck farming and selling produce to local populations supermarkets, and restaurants. What about reviving the old-time canning routine? Number eight, give careful thought to your nearest neighbors. Do you know them? Do they share your worldview? What is their genetic heritage? Did they go for the experimental vaccine? Are they Christian and conservative? Who do they tend to vote for? Do they defend the Second Amendment? How do they view guns? Are they on board with government tracking scores? Number nine, the just shall live by faith is the clarion call of all the great men and women of the Bible. Remain in the grip of Jesus Christ. He is your rock. Number 10, do not surrender freedom for security. For in the end, you will lose both. Look to Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. The glass is half full. We are soldiers of the Most High God. He is our victorious, overcoming King, our Lord Jesus Christ, and He will not forsake us. Dear brethren and sisters, I urge you to meditate upon these verses from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 43, verses 1 through 4. But now, thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by my name. Thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. I gave Egypt for thy ransom, since I was precious in my sight. Thou hast been honorable, and I have loved thee. Therefore will I give men for thee, and people for thy life.